Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. As we approach the last days, things are going to get very difficult for believers. We are going to be persecuted because of our faith. And therefore, in the passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at in the next few minutes, we see wisdom, that is, biblical truth, on how we should think, how we should behave in the midst of difficult times of being persecuted. So with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 64. The book of Psalms and Psalm 64. Now we see that this Psalm has what's known as an inscription. In the Hebrew text, it's verse 1. Now that's going to cause a one-verse discrepancy between the verse that I give and probably what's in most of your Bibles. So you'll just have to, if you hear 5, you'll have to go to verse 4. You hear verse 8, go back to verse 7. There's one verse difference. I'm always going to be one verse more than you. Look, if you would, to that inscription. It's verse 1 in the biblical text where it says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David. Now, remember what I said as we began. Things are going to get difficult in the last days. And someone who knew a great deal about difficulty was David. David wanted to serve God. He wanted to do the will of God. David wanted to carry out faithfully the purposes of God for his life. And because of that, David suffered greatly. He was persecuted. And David is an excellent one based upon his experience. What God taught him in the midst of these things, he's an excellent one to be our teacher. To write down a psalm that gives us wisdom and some very practical information in regard to how to respond to difficult times of persecution. So we see in this first verse where it says, To the chief musician that choir director, a psalm of David. Then, next verse, David says this. Listen, O God, to my voice. And then he says, in my conversation. Now, in my conversation means in the midst of my prayer. David is having a conversation with God. That's prayer. David is just not speaking, but David is also listening. Listening for what? Listening for the Lord's guidance, the Lord's instruction, the Lord to teach him, the Lord to give him insight in order that David might respond according to God's direction in his life. When was the last time you prayed, God, direct me where I should be. God, direct me what I should be doing. God, direct me 
what I should be saying. This is how David lived. So David says, listen, O God, to my voice in my conversation. And then he says, from the fear of the enemy. Now, David knew a great deal about the enemy. Meaning this, David experienced many different enemies pursuing him. And because David was a man just like you're a man or a woman, David had some insecurities. He feared things at time. We all do. The question is, how are we going to overcome that fear? What are we going to do in the midst of those scary times in our life? And what did David do? He turned to God in prayer. You say, that sounds so simple, so simplistic. Why? Why does God want to make it difficult for us? He's there. He wants to help us. And what does God do? David knew this. He says, from the fear of the enemy, meaning, God, I'm afraid of that enemy. And David petitions. This is what his voice is saying to God. He says, you guard, literally, you will guard my life. So David doesn't say this as a petition only. If we take it literally, it's a statement of affirmation, of assurance. He says here, yes, I have fear of my enemy, but I'm going to affirm something. I'm going to proclaim something, and that is this, that you, God, you will guard my life. Now, David knew something. David knew that God is just not uh, supernatural, but God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And he's an, an omnipotent, meaning that he is all-powerful. So if you believe and have a relationship and experience him in your life, that all-powerful, all-knowing, that all-present God, you are going to believe that he can guard your life. And you're not going to allow fear to cripple you. You are going to overcome that fear. In the natural, we all fear at times. But in the supernatural, we can overcome that when we realize that we are in that covenantal relationship with this all-powerful, all-knowing God who exists at all times and in all places. We have God in our covenantal relationship. And then he says, next verse, hide me from, and this next term is a word for like a, a coming together, a gathering, a meeting, so to speak. And he says in this verse, look again, hide me, conceal me from the meeting or the congregating of the wicked or evil ones from and this is a synonym for that same thought a meeting a coming together of those who are workers of iniquity here's what we need to realize as i live my life and we encounter enemies we have to ask ourselves am i walking in the will of god am i doing his work am i walking in righteousness the righteous will of god if I am, those who are against me, what are they? They are workers of iniquity. They are those that are working out that which is wicked. 
and therefore I can be assured of something. God is going to be on the side of righteousness, on the side of holiness, on the side of his will. Therefore, I can approach that, that difficult time with confidence, with assurance, knowing that God is going to move in the behalf of his will. See, it's not God likes me more than he likes that person, therefore he'll help me. That's not biblical. That's not spiritual. It's this. I'm in a covenantal relationship with God. That one is not. I'm doing his will. That other one is working against God. Therefore, because I'm on God's side, I will benefit from that, that covenantal relationship, being in God's will and doing his purposes. This other one's against that. God is going to deal with them. Therefore, I have this confidence. I have this assurance. And that confidence and assurance, what does it produce in my life? Peace. And not just peace. Because God is for me. Doesn't matter who's against me. I'm going to successfully, because of that anointing of the Spirit, because of God's provision in my life, I'm going to carry out His will. And what is that going to be a source of? Joy gladness and therefore doesn't matter what the enemy wants i'm in a better position because i am in god's will that's how we need to behave we need to be in god's will we need to be doing righteousness therefore we will not fear the enemy he goes on next verse and says this who and he's speaking about that same enemy those workers of iniquity he says who they sharpen as a sword their words now here more than just just some type of attack physical attack they don't have necessarily a physical literal sword their weapons are not physical but they're more emotional they are words and be assured words can injure Words can do damage. What you say can have a big effect upon other people. That's why the scripture tells us to guard our tongues. And that we, if we're walking in faith, that we're going to control that member of our body, that that tongue, which can carry out some very, very nasty, mean-spirited things, our words. So what are these workers of iniquity doing? They, it says, look again, who sharpen as a sword their words. And then he gives an example of, of bending. And the implication is from the context, the next word is a arrow, literally their arrow. So they're bending and the implication is, although this word's not in the Hebrew text, they are bending the bow for what? For releasing their arrow. And what is their arrow? Well, it's not a physical arrow. It says here, devar ma, a bitter word. Now, here's what we see. Those who speak words of bitterness, that's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit working in your life. God didn't give you a bitter word to say to someone. God wants you to encourage. God wants you to speak conviction for the purpose to grow and repent and move to where they need to be. So God is not the author of a bitter word. 
But what are these workers of iniquities doing? These ones who want to persecute the saints, those ones who are defiant against God's will, they are speaking things. And don't allow the words of other, their evil speech, to, to take hold of you, to enter into you, to affect you, to cause you to think differently about yourself or about a situation. What do we need to do? We need to be, as David was doing, conversing with God, speaking to him, but more important than what we say to God is what God says to us. We need to make time to listen to God. This is what a lot of people do at night. They go to bed and they're faithful every night in their bed to pray. You say, well, that's wonderful. Yes, it is. But what they do is this. They give God their thoughts, their requests, their supplications, their concerns. Wonderful. Nothing wrong with that. Then they say, in the name of Yeshua, Amen. And they go to bed. What didn't they do? They didn't converse with God. See, a conversation is, is twofold. It is speaking, but it is listening to God. And we need to be better listeners than speakers God knows what what we want to say even before we say it and we may not say it good that's okay because the Holy Spirit he takes those words and interprets them perfectly before his his or before the Heavenly Father therefore what's more important for us is listening to God waiting for a response getting that insight getting that revelation from him so David understands this this process that we want god god hear my voice listen to to my supplication in my midst of this conversation that i'm having and david says here that the enemy that's not what they're doing they're speaking upon others words of bitterness move on to the next next phrase it says in verse 5 in the hebrew verse 4 and others this is what the enemy does to shoot in these secret places. See now, they're not about transparency. They're not about truth. They're not making themselves uh, visible. They do their evil deeds in secret, in those hidden places. That's not what we're about at all. And that's why it's so, so bothersome to me is that I'll meet someone and we may want to form some partnership or do something together. And it's very important to make sure that there's unity so we want to ask some theological questions i never mind for someone to ask me what i believe and i believe when someone says you know what do you believe about this for example what do you believe about the scripture i believe it's god's inerrant word meaning god's word fully inspired by the holy spirit and without any air whatsoever it is profitable for the man of God in every aspect of his life in order that he or she might walk righteously. The word of God is precious. So when you ask someone a theological question, if they are, are, are kind of stuttering in their response and they kind of want to camouflage something, hide something, not uh, can divulge exactly what they believe, that's, that's, a, that's a danger. You should see that as a warning. No, those who are, are committed to the things of God, they are, are quick 
to speak them out, to share them. They're not wanting to hold anything back. These ones, they're all about the secret. So it says they shoot in secret places. Who did they shoot? The innocent. And suddenly it says they shoot him and they do not fear. Here's the problem. They have no fear of God. Let's say that in a more practical way. They are not giving God priority of their life. They're not listening to God. They don't want to know God's will. They're not about anything concerning honoring God, glorifying God. They're all about themselves. And therefore, they act in emotion. They act based upon some opportunity because they can, they do. This is not how the man of God, the woman of God responds. So, so they shoot suddenly. And it says, they, they do not fear. They do not have any priority for God in their life. Next verse. Still speaking about these workers of iniquity. It says, they strengthen themselves with an evil word. Now, how does that work out? They strengthen themselves with an evil word. Well, they see someone, a servant of God. What do they want to do? They want to, to make that person weak. And they begin to say things and perhaps uh, act in a certain way to, to cause that one to think less of, of themselves. Oh, I can't do that. They hear these, these words of doubt. They buy into that evil speech. You ought not do that. Believe what the Word of God says about you, that I am beloved by God. Why? Not because of who I am, but because who has made me. And more than that, just not because I have been created by God, but I'm a new creation in Messiah because I've entered into that new covenant, that kingdom covenant. Because of that gospel, everything changes. I have become part now, not just having been created by God, but through the gospel, I become part of God's family. And that gives me a confidence and assurance that, that God is with me, so it doesn't matter who's against me, and it doesn't matter what they say about me, their evil word, I believe what God says about his children, about his servants. So they strengthen themselves with a evil word, and they, they tell how to hide. And we have a word here. This is the modern Hebrew word for a landmine. In biblical times, we're speaking about some trap, some snare, something to seize another and place them in a weakened position so that you can, can kill them, harm them, injure them, whatever. So they're all about trapping someone and injuring them. That's not us. What are we about? We want to bless. We don't want to do anything in a, a hidden way. We want to be transparent. We want to, to manifest our thoughts, our actions, because we're not ashamed of them, because we want to walk in righteousness. We want to manifest God's glory. We want to do those things that he is pleased with and has a positive outcome, not these. They speak, they tell how to hide 
the, the, the traps. They say, who will see them, meaning this. These are saying, who are going to see those of us who do these evil things? Here's the problem. They don't believe in the biblical God. What do we know about that biblical God? I shared with you just a moment ago. Where does God, where is God right now? Everywhere. How powerful is God? All powerful. What does God know? God knows all things. Now, if you believe that about God, you're never going to think that God doesn't know something, that he doesn't see something, that you can get away with something, and God, God is just going to be unaware of it. That's not the biblical God. God knows everything. And because I believe in that God, I don't want to ever do something that's wrong. Do we fail at times? Are we weak at times? Do we mess up at times? Yes, we do. We're grieved about that. That is not our character. That is not our nature now. That is an exception. We, we stumble at times. But when we remember our God is all-powerful, our God is all-knowing, our God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. So I don't have to wonder, God, are you here? Are you going to help me? Are you going to defend me? Are you going to supply my every need? I don't need to ask if God's with me. Obviously he is. And he wants to be a blessing to his people. So look again what it says. They say, who will see them? Meaning, who will see them, those people, or their evil deeds? Next verse. What are they seeking? What are they searching for? They are searching for injustice. A violation of the standards of God. Now, this verse reveals kind of a, a spiritual warfare principle. The enemy's doing something. The enemy, it says here, speaking about that, they are seeking iniquity. And they, and this is what they say, we have completed a thorough search. Now, I translated a thorough search. It's the word for searching and then searching, and that which is search is now searched once more. So it's a double, it's a thorough searching of something. What is the enemy doing? Well, he knows something. He knows that if there is spiritual weakness, if there's rebelliousness in your life against the things of God, it weakens you. He's looking for those things to exploit in your life. And that's why the scripture, once more, it says, they seek injustice. We have completed a thorough search. And then it says, last part of this verse, in the midst of man and in the deep heart. Now, what's it saying? Well, we know the heart is the seat of, of thoughts, of thinking. So that enemy, he wants to seek, and he's going to thoroughly seek to see what you're thinking, those, those deep thoughts that you have. He's going to want to know what's in that inner man, that inner being. What's he doing? Looking for weaknesses, spiritual weaknesses in your life that he can exploit. And that's why it's so important that we build up ourselves in the faith, that we are spiritually strong. And how do we get spiritually strong? Through 
obedience. When we're disobedient, it's going to weaken us. When we're obedient, it's going to strengthen us. We're not talking about salvation. We're speaking to, hopefully, those who are saved. This, this psalm isn't going to have any blessing, any anointing in your life if you're not first already saved. If you are, then you can put these things in practice. Next verse, verse 8 in Hebrew, 7 in other Bibles, where it says, this is God's response to those who practice this iniquity. It says, God will shoot them, and the implication is an arrow with an arrow, and he does so suddenly, meaning this, with, without expectation, without any foreknowledge from that person that, that it's coming. Meaning God's arrow, God punishing them, God judging them, comes to them in a most unexpected way. It shocks them. Why? Because they don't believe in judgment. They think that they're going to get away from it. Why? That's what the enemy, Satan, has led them to believe. Oh, God's not going to judge. There's no more punishment. That's the Old Testament God. No, that's the God of all Scripture. So God will shoot them with an arrow suddenly. And they, what's going to be outcome? If God's shooting them, it says they are going to be wounded. Now look at verse 9 in the Hebrew, verse 8 in others. Because of God's attack, God's response, God's warfare against those who, who speak, a bitter word and those who search out the weaknesses of others to exploit rather than to strengthen it says here and they shall fare fail concerning their tongue meaning this what they say isn't going to come out it's not going to be the reality they may think it they may speak it but they're not going to be able to carry out in actuality why god's against them god is going to punish them and it says at the end of this verse it says and all who sees them what are they going to do i realize some bibles will say wag their head meaning shake their head at them but it literally is better translated they will flee everyone who sees them what are they going to do they are going to flee away from them why because they see them as judged by god wounded by god that god is against them it's going to be very similar to what we see in the book of revelation in chapter 18 where babylon is destroyed and the merchants who did business with babylon those merchants are going to stand at a distance they're they're not going to want to be near babylon because babylon will be the recipient of God's judgment. So it says, look at the next verse, verse 10 in Hebrew, verse 9 and others. Every man they will see. So it says every man, but it's speaking about all people. They will see. And what are they going to do? They will tell of the activity of God, meaning the action of God his judgment. They're going to behold the faithfulness of God. Now, notice something here. This is why it's so important that we lean not on our own understanding. 
You see, many people today owe judgment, thing of the past, no more judgment. The cross removes all judgment. Yes, the cross removes judgment from an eternal standpoint, a heavenly standpoint for that person. That person is not going to experience eternal judgment. But God will judge. And notice what it says. Every man will see. The implication is the judgment of God. They're going to tell the action of God. And the work of God is going to do what? It says, going to make them wise. They're going to see the work of God, and it's going to make them wise. It's going to give them a different perspective. Now, God's activity, what does it bring about? We'll now go to the last verse of this psalm, where it says, a righteous one will rejoice in the Lord. He's going to find joy, not fear, not, not a, a desire to just flee and, and take me away from this God. No, they're going to find joy. It says the righteous one will find gladness in the Lord and trust in him. When you know the true God, you will trust in him. You're going to find joy in him. You're going to want to be with him, and to be with him means to be in his will, carrying out his purposes. And then it says, not only will the righteous one rejoice or be glad and trust, but it says, and he will praise who will? Every worker or every one who is upright in heart. Everyone who has an upright heart what are they going to do? They are going to praise God. Now, what David is saying is this. He reveals really what the battle is. Do you want to know how you can win the battle every time? Even when you fail God, you can still pull out victory from defeat every time. How? Well, what does it say? The upright in heart. What are they going to do? Praise Him. Here's the message. Despite all things, always praise God. That's what the enemy hates. That's what the enemy doesn't want. The enemy doesn't want you to be about praising God. He hates that. Why? The enemy, and I'm speaking about Satan, he wants that praise for himself. See, there's people that uh, you may, let's say that you're a musician and you're very, very good. That's wonderful. And then someone comes and plays that same instrument that you do, but that person, she's better than you. And that just ruins your day. What is that a, a indication of? Pride. Why should them being good ruin your day? Why can't you rejoice and be glad for the wonderful talent? And maybe there's a competition and this person wins and you don't. Why can't you be happy for them? Pride. Pride robs you of happiness and joy. When you can rejoice for the good things of others, you're going to have a double portion of joy. God's going to move in your life. So there's power in praise. And here's the, the takeaway for our conclusion. What the enemy does not want is for you to praise the God of Israel. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He does not want you to praise God. 
And therefore, all of his, his activity, all of these snares that he puts, these traps that he, he hides for you and wait for you, if you, despite what happens, you may step right into it. But if you continue to praise God, if you don't allow the enemy's activity to keep you from praising God and don't even allow your failures to keep you from praising God, if you remain consistent in praising God, worshiping God, you are winning. The whole battle is trying to, what the enemy wants to do is just to keep you from giving God thanks, praising Him, being grateful, adoring Him, worshiping Him. He hates that. So if you worship God, you give God thanks and praise, you are living a victorious life. That's what living a victorious life is all about. Praising God no matter what. When you do that, you are a champion of God. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.